On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we've got John Fernandez. In today's world, we can measure thousands of things. That's too many. Uh, humans, we're, we're just not equipped for that. Even even the smartest folks on this planet can't, can't figure out all of those metrics. So much of what I'm hearing, and I spent last week on the road in, in Toronto meeting with a lot of our customers, huge brands, Vice President of Revenue Marketing at Contently. John, thanks for making time. Jess, thanks for having me. So you guys are, uh, you know, such a huge 800-pound gorilla in the content marketing world. Everybody in that space knows you very well, but not everybody's in that space. For people who don't know the magic of what you guys do, taking, you know, New York Times <laughs> quality reporters and helping business marketing and, and really evolving the future of content marketing, can you give people just the 30-second the elevator pitch on on contently well it's it's really a story of quality over quantity um, what we have found is that companies need to break through to audiences that are very overwhelmed um, tons and tons of emails tons of meetings um, breaking through with great quality content is the way to do it and we're honored that we're able to help some of the world's largest enterprise brands um, not just produce more more content but more high quality content to break through to their audiences um, and so we're a software company we've been around for about seven eight years now um, and have really built a business business around not just software, but also a talent network of over 100,000 top-notch journalists, as well as strategy professionals in-house that can help companies really craft those strategies to break through to their target audiences and personas, uh, and to really drive business results with content. So, you know, most people, whether in the advertising space, the content space, the PR space, anything related to this, right, they wish their client list was J.P. Morgan Chase and Marriott and Walmart and the biggest companies in the world. Um, when you think about what has really helped you guys get the quality that you've got, which has also turned into the quality of, of clients that you've got, um, what do you think some of the special sauce is over there for you guys? The special sauce has been that our our customers have been amazing. <laughs> the people that that are you know really in great positions in your J.P. Morgan, Marriott, the companies you've mentioned, they were people that understood that you know, the kind of more is more approach that the internet makes really easy to do um, was not going to be the right way for their brands to set apart. Um, and obviously they, they were able to get that way because they were the great companies that they were. You know, if you look at the beginning of, you know, why Contently was founded back in 2011, the darling of the internet world was this company called Demand Media. Um, most people nowadays don't remember it, but effectively what it was was if you were ever searching, you know, for like those lyric sites and stuff like that online, you'd sort of type that into Google, you'd go to some like kind of reasonably uh, 
text light website with just the lyrics, tons and tons of banner ads, maybe some pop unders and the like. And those guys went IPO and made a lot of money. And and one of our founders, Shane Snow, was a Columbia journalism student at the time, and he was looking at the landscape and saying, uh, if these guys are right, I'm wasting my time and money going to J school. Uh, and ultimately, Contently was founded because we believed the quality content was going to win. Um, fortunately, eight years later, we seem to have been right in terms of that. But if you look at what J.P. Morgan Chase is doing, you look at what Marriott's doing. You know, actually, Marriott's a good example. You know, Marriott Traveler is its own almost mega brand at this point. Um, they saw that rich, compelling content was the only way to break through to folks. Um, this wasn't just some weird SEO game that you just do it to get traffic and win, but really build thoughtful brands, creating you know, really messages that break through to audiences, not stuff to just sell people things. Um, and so we've been lucky that they saw the same things that we were seeing in the market and believed in us, and um, it's been a great partnership. Yeah. So... So what advice do you have for somebody like, like us at Mylan? We, you know, we've graduated past the point of, hey, did the 21-year-old intern get a piece of fluff content out on Facebook every week, you know, regardless of quality? And, and we really are trying to follow the, the folks that are doing it right. But, you know, but we're not Marriott Traveler. What do you say to the folks like us who are earlier on in the journey? Uh, it's, it's tough because the, the pull to do more is so strong. You know, it, it's so easy to go in any conversation and say, we went from doing two of something to four of something. Everybody in the room is going to, first instinct is going to be, you did a good job. It's a lot harder to say we're going to go from go doing two of something to one of something. Um, because you sit there and you go, oh, wait a second, it feels like we're doing less. Um, and so, and also quality tends to be harder to measure. Right, I can count the number of things. We're, humans are very good at just sort of adding things up, but we're very bad at sort of understanding. Okay, what does it mean to have a qualitatively better piece? Um, you know, and a lot of it is just really understanding what is your goal. You know, a, a lot of really good marketing, a lot of really good content is is really empathy, is understanding who's my audience, why do they want to read this. The answer is usually not going to be because I want to buy your product or service, <laughs> right? It's this can be I want to learn something, right? And so, okay, how do we teach them something? And you know, the more work you put into that, um, the, the better the results are going to be at the end of the day. And so, a lot of it is just sort of we think as companies in terms of I need to promote my business and content that sounds like that. People have really good detectors of marketing and sales these days. Right, it's they might read it, but they're not going to build good brand affinity. They're not likely to come back. It's just going to be kind of a okay, they read it, but so what? Versus if you really teach someone something, um, they will really, really embrace you. They will respect your business, and they will come back and say, ah, these people are are, are smart. They help me do my job better. Or they help me grow as a person or and a professional better. I appreciate that. I want to learn more. Uh, and that's really, you know, it's, it's hard to do in the short term, but you have to take a view that says, I trust that I have a message in the market. I trust that I'm going to get it out there in the right way and it's going to work. Um, and that's something that businesses sometimes don't always, you know, give that trust to folks. But you have to really believe it's going to work because just doing other, you know, same as everybody else stuff does, it's not cutting it. It's really not going to break through. So I'm really interested that you brought up this subject of empathy. You know, 
at Mylan, we pretty much only do two things. We make shows and we teach master classes, right? Leadership training to corporate America, sales training stuff, right? And one of our lead advisors, you know, spent 25 years as in the FBI, was a hostage, hostage negotiator, stuff like this, right? And he is so crazy about that subject. And, you know, one of his coworkers, who was the head hostage negotiator for all the FBI, Chris Voss, came out with a book a couple of years ago called Never Split the Difference, talking about how using like tactical empathy with bank robbers and terrorists and stuff. And uh, it's kind of become a fascination of mine. So I'm interested in the way that you're using it and what, um, can you just go a little deeper on the value of empathy or the type of empathy or the, just, just kind of go a little further with that? Yeah. It's weird as, as someone who was a particle physics student who dropped out to play chess professionally for me to talk about the value of empathy. Um, (laughs) That's, it's, it's not, it's not the first thing that kind of comes to mind with me, but For me, it's about understanding, right? You know, it's, you've heard the term, put yourself in their shoes. You know, a lot of it is like, you know, uh, there was a quote, um, you know, one of my former uh, SVPs of marketing once told me, he goes, nobody cares what you do today. Like, they appreciate you have a job, they might love your company, but at the end of the day, every person who walks into an office just wants to do their job better. Now, if you can help them do that, they'll love you forever. But... They don't care about you at nine o'clock in the morning. So you have to understand that that individual has real pressure, especially in business today. The amount of pressure that's on each and every one of us to perform is brutal. You know, understand that, right? You know, understand, you know, what are the things that keep business people up at three o'clock in the morning? I know I'm up at three o'clock in the morning thinking about this stuff. You know, and, and and really just saying, I'm gonna understand everything I can about my personas because one, knowledge is power. If I don't know who I'm marketing and selling to, how am I ever gonna actually succeed? But also if I have you know, if I have that kind of empathy, and the reason why I use empathy versus just sort of knowledge or understanding is you do have to care. At the end of the day, you have to really be vested in really making those people successful because you want to do that. Now, you know that making them successful is good for your business. We all have fiduciary responsibilities to our company. I get that. But if you don't care, it comes off pretty obviously. And so, you know, you have to say, and we can tell you even amazing about this is, we want people to produce better content. We had a tagline we used to, we used to use a lot, which was, we're looking at building a better media world. And I think certainly through the lens of 2018, we know that that's a very, very important um, you know, and valuable motto. And that's what we want to do. We genuinely want to help people create better content, engage with their audiences. We want we want their customers and their prospects to be learning more and reading better. And and, and I think it all, when you actually come at that from a place of good, from a place of caring, it actually just works better. And I think that's really where empathy matters for me. Yeah, it's like magic. You know, everybody's so busy trying to you know, pay their own mortgage, uh, do more with less, that it is quite uncommon when somebody really has slowed down to care for us instead of care for themselves, right? That stands out. Yeah, and it's, and it's so hard to do, right? You know, especially, you know, a lot of our, our customers, one thing we tend to talk a lot about as a business is that you can't execute on breakthrough content without a content strategy. And then you say, okay, well, what do I do to create a good content strategy? It's like, okay, you need to stop what you're doing. <laughs> you need to step back. You need to think about why are we trying to do this, right? What are the goals? What are the personas? And short term, that causes a lot of heartburn with folks. 
because like, well, wait, I can't stop what I'm doing. I'm, I'm so behind already. I'm going to be even more behind if I take two, three days to like sit back and, you know, do kind of a content strategy workshop. It's like really have to trust the process. And so much of, of, you know, where that mediocre content's coming from is really coming from, I've got three pieces I've got to get out today, no matter what. If I don't get those three pieces, some some boss somewhere is going to come in and just wing me. Um, let me get those out, right? And I think that that mode is, you know, we're seeing that in the way the businesses are. We're so quarter by quarter driven that it's just about getting results today and being able to step back and, and actually fundamentally change how you produce stuff actually can set you up for real long-term success and going from you know, producing, you know, just the mediocre stuff today to much better stuff. But it's that short-term pain that is very frightening for folks. It really takes a big leap of faith. Okay. I want to talk about this quite a, like, I love where you're going with this. I want to talk about this. Let, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. And uh, I, I've got a question for you. Okay. So John, I, I'm thinking about where we left off right before the sponsor yep. break. And what I feel like you're saying, and I want you to correct me if I'm reading this wrong, is um, I feel like you're getting at the point that as leaders, inadvertently, we sometimes send our organizations the wrong way because of like the tools we use and what those tools measure. And so like, if the tool is there to measure and report to the boss's boss how many pieces of content went out, that's when you're going to get. Yeah. But if you don't take the time to figure out how to measure the harder thing of quality, you're unlikely to get quality by accident. Is that a fair? Is that? Yeah, I think that's, that's a good characterization. So it makes me ask the question, you know, you know, if we don't live in the information age anymore, we live in the information overload age, right? And we need to create something. I mean, I, I was, I saw you guys won the big Gartner award and I was, I was reading some of uh, your new, the new model that you guys had come out with on that. On content maturity. Yeah. The ebook about content maturity model, which everybody should go to, to the contently website and go download that for free. It's great. Um, but, you know, those stats about how it's really like 5% of the content that's getting 95% of the coverage out there, you know, like you guys are proving that volume doesn't work. It's already cluttered out there, right? That quality is a differentiator. So if I have a habit at my organization of focusing on quantity and we're measuring quantity and I realize, okay, I've got to measure something different. I mean, you're the one who said quality is hard to measure. Give me some hints. How do we start figuring out how to how to measure quality instead? It's hard. <laughs> so, you know, in today's world, we can measure thousands of things. That's too many. Uh, humans, we're we're just not equipped for that. Even even the smartest folks on this planet can't can't figure out all of those metrics. So much of what I'm hearing, and I spent last week on the road in in Toronto, meeting with a lot of our customers, huge brands famous, wonderful companies that, that we're so privileged to work with, struggling with the same problem, which is it's almost one of internal buy-in. It's almost executive level buy-in. How do I get them bought into something? And I, I think of what a board member of mine once told me is he said, he said, hey, John, look, any graph, any piece of data you put in front of me, I'm always going to ask for more, better, faster, cheaper. Your job is to set up the conversation in such a way that it's not that conversation that I'm having with you, but the conversation should be how nicely am I asking, right? If I throw any data point in front of somebody, oh, I want more, oh, I want better, oh, I'm faster, or oh, I want cheaper, 
and, and that conversation's happening probably a thousand different times right now simultaneously in meeting rooms all across the planet. Um, you have to set up and say, here's what we think is going to happen, <laughs> and then come back and say, did it happen or not? For me, a lot of it's about cadence and repetition and saying, okay, look, there is a primary KPI that everybody cares about. In most businesses, it's revenue. But with content, it doesn't need to be. You know, a lot of content, especially content marketing, can be very top of funnel. So you know, maybe it's we want awareness, we want impressions, we want something like that. But it's very, very easy to just say more. Um, and so I'm kind of a fan of a, of a rule of three um, in terms of kind of setting up one's metrics is, sure, you need something quantity-based but you need something quality based as well. You know, it's like I was thinking like in the leads world, right? If I drive twice as many leads, but my conversion rate goes down by a factor of two, I haven't really done anything, right? So yes, I want more visitors to my traffic, but maybe I want them spending more time reading it. Or maybe I want them to spend, you know, to stay on the site more after they've read it. So I want my bounce rate to go down, right? You know, or something like that that says, I've got a quality metric alongside my quantity metric, so I can't just cheat by just creating more, right? Now, if you have something time-based as well, right? We want people to come back and, and buy, or I want my leads to turn into business, but if it takes them 10 years, I'm not gonna be around for that result. And so, uh, you know, Joe Chernoff, a uh, great marketer, you once said, tell me how I'm measured and I'll tell you how I behave. If we just measure people with quantitative metrics, they're gonna create a lot of stuff. The chances of it really breaking through are really minimal. So it's a lot of it is setting up the conversation for this is what it means to measure quality, right? And ultimately it's does this drive whatever that next step in the buyer journey is? Does it move those prospects along? Does it actually get them to convert depending on the piece of content? And setting up that discipline with you know, other executives in the room that we all have a, you know, that gun at their, our head saying, you need to get more, better, faster, cheaper over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Is you have to get them out of that mode. And the only way to do is just over and over again. If you say the same thing all the time, one of my board members here was like, John, you're going to show us the same data again. I said, well, I'm going to show you exactly the same structure. The data's moved. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's, it's up to date, but I'm going to show you the things in the board meeting that's coming up in you know a few weeks the same way as I did a year and a half when I got here. You know, the numbers will be different, there's those tactics may be different, but I'm gonna look at things through the same lens. That buys trust over time because they, they can trust you to say, I'm gonna do this. I either did it or I didn't, and I've got to be really comfortable with failure and coming in and saying, okay, this didn't work and here's how I'm, how I'm going to fix it. And changing that conversation from just I throw a data point up on the you know on the screen and let people respond because that's not working. You know, I feel like that's a great place to end this episode because I, I feel like that message, if people could internalize that message, uh, it's so helpful. I feel like if I could internalize that message better, it, it's only going to help me this idea of taking ultimate responsibility, like owning it when my numbers aren't right. And like that consistency and owning it when I was wrong, that that will build trust. Uh, I love that message. Well, listen, everybody, please tune back in to part two of the interview. We're going to have another episode here where we're going to keep learning from John. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening so far. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, 
company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called blipbillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks. Get to Old Navy for star-spangled style. Right now, everything's on sale, up to 60% off. That's right, get everything from tees, shorts, dresses, and swim, all at 60% off. Now till July 7th at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid through 7-7, select styles only.